podcast system. Scott Casper with you. Tony Wink sitting to the left. P.J. Duran to the right. Just keeping the two of them separated is a job in and of itself. Jack and Leanne DeLeon providing some leadership in that regard. Do want to thank Chris Bishop uh, for all his uh, monster posts on the Facebook. Great picks, by the way, out of that uh, young man. Uh, Valentino Rossi has a very, it's one of the best pictures I've seen of Rossi, but it's also one of the best pieces of work I've seen out of Bishop. So thanks to Chris and Tommy Boy for their uh, contribution, and uh, we appreciate that. Overnight, a big fire here in Des Moines. Just want to take a a minute to uh, tip my cap to members of the Des Moines Police Department. It was a third-floor apartment building, and it was so hot, the fire was out of control, and there were people throwing their kids. Total, one, two, and three. Three kids went out the window, and there were uh, members of the Des Moines Police Department, four of them, that caught them and uh, delivered them uh, safely. But what's really unique is that they didn't stop there. They were able to save everybody in those apartment buildings. So tip of the cap to our buddies, uh, Paul Parizic and his gang over there, at uh, the Des Moines Police Department. And by the way, if you haven't thanked a local cop, thank him now. Kevin Schneider's my guy, Polk County Sheriff, running for it, current Polk County Sheriff, and I do love me some Kevin Schneider. So with that, we go to Tony Wink. Tony, you've got some, uh, you've got another guest waiting in the wing. Yes, sir. We got Henry Wiles, who uh, is kind of become a regular and, and one of our favorites. Kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Just ask him mm. or just ask us. He joins us now, AFT racer Henry Wiles, returning from uh, what Florida. How you How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're we're pleased having you uh, back in the show with us. You finished. Well, talk about your Daytona experience, would you? Yeah, uh, we had a we had a pretty good time. Ended up second. Uh, the track was pretty fun. We got to get up on the uh, banking. I think that was. Uh, a better show for the fans. I think it made it a, a faster track than what we've had there in the past at Daytona. Uh, overall, I think it was an awesome idea. Um, I I'm, I foresee them doing it again, so it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I think you know they'll keep making that track better for us. They have every year actually, so I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Yes, they have, uh, Henry. It's. You're you're a TT specialist, known to be a TT specialist. So, to the surprise of no one, there you were battling pretty much the entire race. Um, how I mean the not so much actually in the, the twins class that I recall, but more in the singles class. There was a lot of guys who maybe seemed to struggle coming off the pavement, where perhaps they were a little uh, overzealous with the application of that front brake. How did you find that transition from pavement to dirt? Yeah, well, I mean, it was uh, the, the it was pretty slick coming into the corner there. So you go from you know maximum traction to having the having it maybe be just a little bit dry slick right there. So definitely had to be careful. I know for our twins main event, I thought there was a good amount of rubber laid down and it was uh, pretty good, but uh, definitely a tricky section because if you weren't getting in there hot enough, you were going to get crushed by somebody else that was getting in there and if you got in there too hot then you were going to blow the line so i think it made for great racing and you know it definitely benefited the guys that could be on the brakes hard um you know and i, I think there's a range of things that depended on that you know as far as the the rider 
him or herself and and the uh, the bike setup. Boy, I tell you, there was a lot of naysaying about it going into it, and and I'll be honest, I was a little nervous and I was a little gun shy to be supportive of it, and I, you know, I just said it'll be interesting to see and and kind of because I didn't want to you know eat, eat my own words, but you know, and you're you're screwing the tire into the the side of the rim and that kind of thing, you know, it's like a lot could go wrong, you know, and and it just seemed to me like it was a, a recipe for disaster you know for a lot of guys because like you say you gotta if you're not gonna run it in somebody's gonna go psycho into you and and uh you've got to be aggressive and it's pretty tough when you're going in from a from a concrete to a dry slick what was tire management like for you and and i and i commend them i'm saying that i'm glad i didn't speak out and say i think it sucked because it obviously it didn't um but you know, like you say, there's some imp- there's room for improvement, and it's kind of hard to sheep's foot um, track when it's backed up to concrete and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, what I was mean, honestly, in my opinion, uh, at, at some point you got to turn us loose. You know, I mean, we're there's 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 a lot of good motorcycle riders in our series, and you know, in, in my opinion, at which some ones point, you, you got to. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Baby enough. No, I know. I know. But, you know, if there's guys that can, you know, triple quad the section, I don't see any reason why we can't go from pavement to dirt, dirt to pavement. I mean, <laughs> I seem pretty simple. And yeah, sure, our bikes are heavy. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's an interesting time in our series. And I believe that uh, Michael Watt definitely has the right idea and things are going great for our series it's getting a lot more attention than it has in the past we're jumping 340 pound motorcycles and you know it's game on yeah it's real deal now i mean it's about it it always has been real deal and and, you know we flat track is the original extreme sport you know and and flat track's the oldest deal but it's it ain't it ain't your grandpa's flat track series that that we're watching now and that you guys are racing Michael Locke has yes, a cool yeah, accent. Come, yeah, come 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 jump my three hundred and forty pound motorcycle and tell me if you don't get a little pucker factor. Right. Uh no thanks. Yeah, I'm gonna pass on that one as <laughs> yeah. well. I mean <laughs> I might jump it, but I ain't gonna do what you're doing probably. But uh I, I have some uh pretty reliable data that shows uh one time I jumped hundred and eight foot and that was just uh I mean what may appear to be a baby jump. Yeah. But all things considered, 108 foot pretty pretty good on one of these Indian motorcycles. Yeah, talk about your equipment, will you, compared to what you, you were racing last year? Uh, absolutely. Uh, and, and then just to uh, throw it out there, too, tire, tire wear wasn't really uh, a factor, I don't believe, you know, with the pavement. I know you'd ask about that. So uh, I think for the most part, tire wear was good. Um, the pavement definitely did wear the tires a little bit different than just the dirt would, but um, riding the Indian this year compared to the Kawasaki that I rode the last couple of years in, in uh, Daytona, um, definitely happy that we could show that we'd be a front runner all day on, on the Indian because I know uh, there were some people, I think, questioning it, <laughs> it you know, and if we would... Uh, and if I would do well on one of these twin motorcycles, if I wasn't on that Kawasaki on, on the PT style track, 
I, I felt I had a pretty good idea that I knew what I was going to, you know, be able to do and accomplish. And, um, you know, Brian Bigelow, he's been working super hard and tireless hours to get me dialed in. And it showed our, our bikes look sexy and, uh, we had them set up pretty good. We're, we're still working on everything, but, uh, you know, for our first race on a TT, I was pretty happy with it. We know we probably got a little bit more work to do, but uh, it's going to be really good once we get everything dialed in. And, and you know, and that's just a TT. So we got to race a whole series to win this championship. and We're going to have to win on some of these other tracks and be on the podium to, uh, you know, be consistent and win this thing. But uh, overall, I'm pretty happy with the Indian on the, on the TT. So the, the Kawasaki compared to the Indian is, you know, it was a little bit of a give and a take, I guess. And the Indian being an obvious just set up for dirt track bike, we had to kind of make it Henry proof in, in some areas. So I didn't just break that thing in half. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Peoria so is going to be so another good. test, right? Peoria is going to be another <laughs> test. Do you, you get some practice time there to make sure it's up to the, the that it's Henry proof there as well? Yeah, there's a there's a warm up race there, I believe, this year. Um, just like there has been in the past few years and I'm pretty confident we'll probably attend just to uh, you know, check it out because, you know, obviously I, I haven't read it there and others have, so we'll probably are are gonna wanna be ready. So maybe a few more guys will show up this year after listening to this interview because if you don't, I don't know. I'll, I guess I'll see you at the finish. I'm a little nervous for you at Peoria. I, I kind of want to see you ride that Kawasaki so you can just keep the thing rolling. I know you will if you're on that Kawasaki now. Yeah, don't be nervous. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I I think you, well, I, I know that you've got that place dialed and there's just something about it. But uh, you've got another race coming up here real quick. Woodstock, right? Yes, Dixie Speedway. Talk about that. Dixie Speedway. The uh, the it's presented by Yamaha. We're seeing Yamahas cool. uh, coming back into the sport, which I think is huge. Um, the bike looks yeah, really cool. A lot of manufacturers coming coming back into the sport this year. I'm stoked. Right? It, it's it's it, is it going to translate for the riders though to make real money yeah. doing this? Uh, I believe so. Eventually. I think, uh, there's, there's uh, I think, a few guys that are already making some good money. Um, I think overall it, it is already translating, you know, with some of the contingency programs that are going on. So, um, you know, obviously you're going to have to be a good rider, but uh, a privateer like myself, is going to be able to make more money than I was once able to make. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. I mean, so do you think that most for the, in general, everybody that's racing AFT, their contracts or their paychecks are performance-based. And I know that win money is one thing, but I'm talking about from your ride, you know, from your, from your sponsors and that kind of thing. When you go into that, do you set it up? I mean, I've built a race program for, for Arena Cross, did it for Supercross for five years, and we weren't at a level, unfortunately, we weren't at a level where we could say, hey, I've got, you know, I've got Ricky Carmichael. I had, we had to go earn our paycheck. So is that kind of how you, your, 
your situation is or other people's situation in AFT? Is it a performance-based yeah. contract where you have to go earn contingency? And then, and if so, how far back are sponsors willing to pay? Do they care about a sixth place? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I believe that uh, uh, quite a few of the manufacturers are paying at least until 10. So um, I, I, I don't have the the contingency sheet in front of me right now, so I, I don't want to be quoted wrong, but I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, Yamaha, Suzuki, Honda, uh, Indian. KTM uh, in the light class. K- KTM, yeah. I'm pretty sure pretty much all of those um, manufacturers are paying until 10. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the breakdown for Indian changed a little bit, but if you can be a winner good for you it's gonna it's gonna change in the, the betterment for you but uh i think there are some guys getting paid a salary for sure and um my situation isn't really like that unfortunately but uh i mean sign me up i'm 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 worthy of that <laughs> 30 second roll baby who you gotta thank Oh, man, I got to thank uh, Brian Bigelow. He's, he's been working his tail off on these bikes. And just all of our supporters, uh, Pro-X, Magnum, Motion Pro, uh, Goon Glass, TTD Suspension, Arc Levers, Survive Batteries, Wilco Racing, Banded Industries is a big one, Belisi Moto, Super Light Sprocket, Lakeside Motorsports, another big one. Uh, Out of time, dude. Racing. Racing. Hey, we're out but, of time. Yeah, just all the people uh, helped me out. They're- Good job to you, Hen, and we'll talk to you soon. You're listening to Pit Pass. Stay tuned. Our number two is coming up, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. <laughs>